Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report. Uh, and I always say this because I want people to understand it, that we are much more than a daily report. It's, it really is a, a knowledge platform from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics. Uh, yes, through our reports, our daily reports, but also uh, these podcasts, webinars, and hopefully, you know, live events coming up in the fall if we get past this pandemic thing. So along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, by the way, we welcome you to our weekly podcast, which is coming from, quote unquote, The Nest. Ha, 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 the Robin Report recording studios. And our topic today is, no surprise here, to vaccinate or mask or both. So here we go again, guys, back into the land of the unknown. Yeah, we did learn a lot over the past year about fighting in what is essentially a world war, if you want to use a metaphor of some type, a, a, a war against an invisible enemy. And in this battle, the United States alone has lost over 618,000 human beings. And over 4.5 million have been killed across the globe. Facing this enemy, uh, we were blessed in a way with a, with a, <laughs> a Manhattan-type project uh, that created a nuclear-like vaccine in warp speed. And then we did manage to finally get it into over 50% of the arms in this country, which led to the optimistic prediction that by July 4th, we could pretty much kind of toss our masks along with uh, distancing and isolation, kind of throw all of that out the window, so to speak. But then whammo, kind of like guerrilla warfare, uh, COVID unleashes a variant called Delta, which by the way is 50% more transmissible than the original variant. And listen to this number, global infections reached 200 million, okay? It took a year to hit 100 million. And since Delta arrived, we added another 100 million in six months. Incredible, unbelievable, not really. So here we are, once again, having to battle another invisible, actually more deadly enemy, and even more so in the developing countries who just don't have the access or resources to weaponize against this global invasion. <clears throat> and that's gonna be in next, next chapters, we've gotta get the world vaccinized vaccinated. An interesting anecdote on this metaphor would be, and I don't know if any of you guys listening or Shelley, maybe you remember President Bill Clinton in an interview uh, or in some conversation during his presidency was remarking on how divisive and hostile the world is. He said something like, you know, I think it would take something like another world alien type attack on planet earth to get all of the human race to come together and fight against the invaders. Uh, 
Well, guys, just what is this attack, if not an alien invasion on Earth? Sorry, Mr. Clinton, Mr. President. <laughs> it hasn't worked out that way, at least yet. Anyway, back down to Earth. I'm going to provide uh, some context uh, for Shelly and I to flesh out what retailers and brands are facing as we go into this next phase. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll raise the issues and believe me, many more questions than we have answers for, for sure, um, about what the industry players have to deal with to get through this unexpected next phase. So Shelly, it's a mess. Um, now almost a kind of chaotic tangle of one, the FDA rushing to stamp official approval on our current vaccines, uh, the, the, the CDC and the federal government with few, if any, type of mandates they, they have the authority to deploy. And the CDC is still pretty vague about the precautions people should be taking, particularly now with this new Delta variant. Schools across the U.S. are demanding to open this fall, all the while teachers unions not mandating their teachers take the, taking the vaccine, and states and cities with, you know, varying degrees of cases and deaths going up or down, oh boy, and also with varying mandate capabilities. Politics hijacking the whole mess and using it in one way or another for their selfish interest in being elected. This is unbelievable, Shelley. Yeah, Rodney, I'd love to just comment for a second on the schooling issue. Um, but it's very interesting because in many states already, many states require specific child vaccinations to be able to attend public school, daycare, pre-K, elementary, high school. Of course, it varies by grade and um, it also, allows for medical exemptions. Uh, that's the only exemption that's required. New York is one of those states that requires these childhood vaccinations to be taken at certain intervals throughout a educational period. Um, so now in the states that already have vaccination requirements, it's interesting to see that the health officials are not requiring vaccinations for COVID-19 in, in many of those school systems. And I, I know there's concerns about the safety of vaccination in terms of getting out to market so quickly and waiting for FDA approval and all of that. The other point that's going to really impact return to school in fall is those teachers that were vaccinated back in February, March, or April, they may be required to get a booster within six to nine months. Right. Uh, so really looking at another uh, round of vaccinations, even for those that were vaccinated early in the year. Um, and, and lastly, I promise I'll get off this point in one second. Oh, is it's an important point, though, Shelley Gorn. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel it's really important. I, it, the other factor is this dynamic of teachers who get vaccinated but are now working for a school or university where vaccinations are not required or even the reverse. A teacher that does not want to get vaccinated working for a school or university that requires vaccination. So I, we can have a whole other podcast about the schooling issues with vac vaccinations and masking. You know, remote learning is difficult at all levels and there is certainly a major impact on our youth. Yeah, and it, you know, this whole back to school issue is very complicated as you point out. I mean, 
but but it is a big deal, and that's why I'm glad you got it out there because these are are kids whose futures will in large part be affected by decisions made during this period. So anyway, back to some of the new questions that that are coming out since uh, Delta landed. Uh, you know what what are the current vaccines effectual rates against Delta? We don't even have that. We don't know. Right. And whether or not vaccinated people can spread the virus if they get it. And of course, the stubbornness of people not wanting the vaccine, you know, for whatever of many reasons they may have. I mean, <laughs> wow, everybody's hair is on fire. And of course, the media, including social, is headlining this convoluted mess 24-7. So how does all of this work for our retailers and brands? Uh, Shelley, there's been a hodgepodge of uh, different ways retailers and brands have mandated how their employees must get vaccinated or wearing of masks and when, you know, with differences in higher infected rate areas. Also, whether or not shoppers must wear masks or not, and it goes on and on and on. It, 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 there's just no clear consensus anywhere on any of it or national or local mandates to instruct businesses of the most efficient and effective way to fight and beat this virus. So Shelley, can you, you know, kind of give us some broad ideas out there and what some of the major players are deciding to do to keep their customers safe and also mentally confident enough to uh, continue shopping. Well, sure, Robin. I, I think the major players are really thinking about and having to balance public safety, labor considerations, and long-term profits. And the reason I say long-term profits is because some companies may make decisions that impact short-term profitability for a longer-term gain. And many may say that companies should not be considering the impact of profits over people. And I agree, and I'm not saying that either. But with that said, companies are in business to make a profit. So if they don't make a profit long-term, it has a dramatic impact and effect on our economy, tax revenues, employment, and contribution to GDP. You know, retail has had a monumental impact on the flywheel of the American economy. So last year, NRF came out with a report where they were studying the impact of retail over the past six years since 2014. And retail employment grew by a staggering 10 million jobs over that six-year period. And of course, as the nation's private sector employer, largest private sector employer, retail supports more than one in four U.S. jobs, 52 million working Americans. The GDP for retail is 5.7%, which is right behind wholesale at 5.8%. Again, also part of our industry. This was for 2020. So yeah, we, we need retail businesses to remain profitable. Yeah, those, those metrics are really powerful. Uh, but you know, Shelley, profitability is one thing, revenue is another. Uh, now we have inflation's kind of ugly head is starting to pop up. Uh, partly as a result of the government, you know, fire hosing money into the economy, combined with 
ant anticipated pent-up consumer demand and with expectations on the supply side of not having enough supply for the increased expected increased demand. Well, this, this whole issue is now very complicated and it just gets worse by the day. Will, will, we, will we really have a national surge in demand? I'm not so sure now. Um, as consumers, you know, may be more reticent to shop due to the Delta variant. And if retailers raise prices expecting the surge, will the higher prices turn consumers away? Right. You know, yeah, just reported the other day, uh, Shelly, as you mentioned to me, apparel prices rose 5% in June, okay? And it was recently reported that uh, these are these are examples, Crocs, Louis Vuitton, and Ralph Lauren are among fashion brands that are raising prices by as much as 17%. That is such a large it, increase. It's incredible, Shelley. Yeah, I mean, and you take that across all of apparel. And, you know, some will be more, some will be less. But so, you know, it's, again, it's just chaos. So, so what do we do or what do they do with this kind of information? So retailers and brands are really between a rock and a hard spot, right? Either they lower or keep prices the same and risk lower sales and profits due to consumers' fear of shopping, or they stick with the higher prices and lose shoppers and therefore sales and profits. It, it It's almost, it sounds like a lose-lose proposition. And what if workers demand higher wages, which they are doing right. uh, due to inflation? And, and also, um, <laughs> there, there, there are so many that have not gone back into the work, workforce that retailers and brands and so forth are really, you know, having increased uh, wages to, to try to get these people to come back to work. So that's another drain on profitability. So are you happy yet, shall we? <laughs> Honestly, it's a real struggle. And, you know, adding in other factors of public safety, shoppers, customers, and labor considerations, you know, retailers really have to look at different variables. You know, Robin, I am all for consistency in policy across organizations and cultures, but in this case, there's just too many variables to consider. So let's tackle employee um, considerations first. So when we look at employees policy should factor in some of the following job function location. So are employees in stores, corporate offices, distribution centers, warehouses, these varying working environments must come into play and the activities that the employees are actually doing need to be taken into consideration, obviously. And then the other piece is geographic location. So there's local, this local Delta uh, variant danger varies by country, region, state, county, vaccinations vary by all those um, elements as well. So last week, Doug McMillan, uh, CEO of Walmart, announced that they're actually going to require all associates who work in multiple facilities. So corporate um, employees, along with regionals and directors, have to be vaccinated by October 4th, unless they have an approved exception. Store level associates, however, are being urged, but not mandated to get vaccinated. And Walmart is paying associates in stores and clubs and distribution centers 
to receive the vaccination and now are doubling the incentive to pay employees to get vaccinated. It went from $75. Now they're paying $150 to employees to get vaccinated. And they're wow. also, that's, yeah. that's and they're, they're also retroing back. Anyone that got the 75 is now going to get an additional 75. That's so incredible. it is. And they're also providing mm -hmm. sick days for people that may have an adverse effect from getting vaccinated. And then Walmart made the decision that they're going to follow the CDC guidelines by country state on mask wearing. Another example, Target announced this past Monday that it's going to continue to recommend face coverings for unvaccinated team members and guests at all stores across the country. Based on the CDC's updated guidelines, it requires face coverings for employees and strongly recommends face coverings for all guests in areas with substantial or high risk of transmission. This goes back to looking at the various regions, you know, the geographic locations. They're also planning to follow local mandates. Um, and Target's also offering appointments at nearly all the CVS at Target locations for employees and is giving them a free lift ride to be able to go and get their vaccinations. Well, you know, th th this, <laughs> Uh, you, you brought up two of the major guys, uh, retailers in, in the business, and uh, the different ways in which they're going about this. And you, you take the entire retail industry and the contiguous brands that sell into it. Uh, it's, it it's just all over the lot what people are doing. Uh, and it's going to be different in, as you point out, different areas, different st st retail brands, whatever. Anyway, the, the, uh, but, but one comment I have to make, Shelley, um, you know, I'm most often very complimentary of Doug McMillan and Walmart. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't get that he is not mandating that the um, associates at the store level get vaccinated. Of all of their employees, they are kind of like the front line, so to speak, and are at biggest risk of either getting or spreading the virus. Yeah, that's true. And I'm a big fan of Doug's too, as you know. But keep in mind, he has to follow the mandates of the states. So, for example, if Florida has a ban that states businesses cannot mandate vaccination for workers, he has no choice, right? Well, so his, yeah. his problem is probably the most complex business. He is in all 50 states. Correct. And not to mention a lot of Walmart's customers don't want to get vaccinated and nor do some of those employees. So if he mandates a vaccination for all workers, he might actually lose employees, create higher turnover, and he could potentially lose customers in those areas where they feel that they should not be required to get vaccinated. So right. companies in terms of public safety from what I've seen so far, and trust me, this is changing daily, is most are requesting shoppers to wear masks if not vaccinated, unless it's manda mandated by the municipality. So New York City will become the first major US city to require proof of COVID-19 vaccination at restaurants, gyms, movie theaters. Um, and California already implemented a mandatory mask wearing in several of their counties. And in Florida, there was an executive order barring schools from requiring face coverings and leaving it up to the parents to decide. 
So I honestly, Robin, retailers and governments are really all over the place. And a majority of retailers have not even published their current policies. There's a lot of sifting through data and information. And top of mind for CEOs is providing a safe working environment for employees so they can continue to learn a living in a safe shopping environment where shoppers feel safe. And at the same time, staying in business while doing both. You know, Shelley, <laughs> as I mentioned in my intro, um, uh, this, this whole mess has also gotten politicized, which quite frankly, in my opinion, is disgusting. And there are politicians out there with bullhorns, if you will, you know, ranting to their constituents, saying that they should not be mandated to essentially do anything they do not want to do, wearing masks being a prime target of that. And as you mentioned, um, uh, issuing an executive order barring schools from requiring face coverings and leaving it to the parents to decide. And of course, there are other examples across the country. It's incredible. Well, in some states that haven't been following the CDC guidelines, cases are going up as we see in the news every day. That's correct. So, and, and why is it so hard for people to figure, figure that out? Um, anyway, final comment, Shelley. As I promised up front, we would raise more questions than answers. And the simple reason being that this whole complicated mess beginning with the attack on planet Earth <laughs> as a metaphor by COVID-19's alpha virus, then nuclearized by the Delta variant. Every person and business on this planet has more questions than answers because it is unprecedented. But, but there's one thing we do know, Shelley, which is very simple, is that the vaccines are the only weapon that can ultimately destroy this invisible enemy. Kind of similar to the way smallpox and polio were wiped out uh, by medical science. And by the way, the other analogy here is that, that, the, that the entire country pulled together uh, to fight and end uh, that war. I don't know, I may be naive, but, but I just don't understand why getting vaccinated cannot be mandated from the top. Uh, supersede state and local governments, public and private commerce, and individuals' choice. If it takes a constitutional one-time carve-out or some kind of Supreme Court action, then so be it. Yeah, well, Robin, clearly one of the main dividers of our nation is how the virus was handled over a year and a half ago. We're still dealing with the aftermath of a highly divided country. And for, right. for CEOs leading in our industry... I truly do not think they have had a tougher job than they do today. You're totally now, correct. Totally balance, correct. Balancing out the scales of people, planet, profits has never been more challenging. But I believe retailers are some of the strongest, resilient, most agile people in the nation. And they will work through this chaotic tangle of circumstances. And I do have hope that the industry will at least band together to fight this invisible invader. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. 
And uh, I want to thank everybody from join, for joining us today. Um, I certainly learned a lot, and I also learned that there's a lot I don't know and that none of us know about this uh, terrible virus. Um, so I think it was a good learning experience today. And as I say every week, if you guys have something in your head, a topic in your head that uh, you would like Shelly and I to address, please email me uh, at robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks once again.